This is K-Pop Sunday brought to you by your K-Pop Sundays before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Odar, Min, and JR. Hello, and welcome to episode 4 of season 3, also known as episode 48 in total. In the first episode of this season, we talked about six boy groups that were introduced to the public at various points during 2012. And we wanted to continue along that line and dive into another boy group, C-Clown. So today we'll talk about their rise, their music, and what possibly broke the group up and where the members are now, so let's just get into it. By the time the summer of 2012 arrived, there had already been a total of eight boy groups introduced to the public, and more would follow. So, if C-Clown was to debut, they were going to have to be different from the rest. Yedang Entertainment, home of solo artist Ali and rock group Gukistan, was looking to debut a new boy group and had actually gone through the process of making a team three times, only to have them rearranged and broken up. After all that constant shuffling, a solid group was put together in what we know today as C-Clown. For those of you who have a phobia of clowns, we want to emphasize that although there will be many mentions of clowns, there are few ties to the group outside of their debut logo and random references at the beginning of their career. So if you weren't familiar with the visuals of the group before this episode, have no fear. We want to reassure you that it's very clown-like. The members of the group consisted of Rome, Shu, Kangjun, TK, Rei, and Maru. Rome was the oldest member, group leader, main rapper, and dancer. His real name is Christian Yu, and his Korean name is Yu Barom. He was born in Sydney, Australia, but left in his teens after he was streetcasted by Yedang. Before his debut, he had a YouTube channel under the name BU, where he would put up videos of himself that he had personally directed and edited. Once on track for his debut, his stage name would become Rome as a play off of his Korean name, Rom, and he also thought that it emulated the emperors of old. So, interesting decisions. But this was the time of stage names. Shiu was the group's vocalist and was known for his 4D personality. 4D personality means... They're weird. They're quirky. They're the, they're the quirky <laughs> kid, yeah. Okay, can I tell you what makes him 4D? This was... Yes. A- a real example used in an interview. He would drink Coke in the shower. <laughs> that was the whole thing. Okay. It's K-pop. not used really anymore. I do not see it often used to describe members. It has been a very long time since I've seen it used. Some people still use it, but it's less common. Mm-hmm. Kangjun was the group's main vocalist. After being accepted as a trainee, Kangjun dropped out of school, although he would get his GED equivalent later. At a total of eight months, he trained for the least amount of time compared to the other members. Kangjun is the only member to use his real name instead of a stage name because he appealed to the company saying that he wanted to write his real name when it was needed. TK was the group's lead rapper. Before Lee Min Woo, TK's real name, debuted, he had some experience in the industry as he had acted in a K-drama and a handful of musicals. He would go on to be a Cube Entertainment trainee in the running for debut with the members of B2B. However, he would ultimately leave that track and Cube due to health reasons. Once at Yedong Entertainment, he picked up the stage name TK, or Top Kid, in order to differentiate himself from the many other Minwoos in the industry. Though he had only been in the C-Clown debut group for a few months, he mixed well with the members, which is always a good sign. Ray held the positions of lead vocalist and visual. Kim Hyun-il which is Ray's real name, was set on being a soccer player when he was younger, but as he grew up, he realized that it was not in the direction he wanted to go in. While still in school, he was streetcasted by Ye Dong and would eventually decide to go by the stage name Ray after one of his idols, Ray Charles. 
Madu was the lead rapper, lead dancer, and vocalist. Lee Jae-jun, Madu's real name, was the final and youngest addition to the lineup. His stage name, Madu, means the best in native Korean, which are basically words that were in Korea for longer and didn't come from foreign words. There's a whole long explanation. We have a link to it. And his stage name was chosen by the CEO so that he would be, quote, the best in K-pop. Before we start their debut story, let's get the logistical stuff out of the way. So the C in the name C Clown stands for crown. So together it becomes crown clown. And going off of this, it's very understandable that their fan club name is Crown. According to K-pop profiles, their fan color is Pearl Forest Green, and it has been said that Yadang made a statement about this at some point after the group's debut, but we've not been able to find a source for it as of this recording, so who knows. It's everywhere, though. Everyone says it's that color, so... Yeah. And finally, their group greeting is... Go, Jer, go, I don't want to say it. <laughs> Yo, do you roll low? We are Sea Clown, and we'll have an explanation of what this means linked. <laughs> Long story short, it basically means that they are low clowns trying to row like kings. Yes. It's Beautiful. the story of going from a lowly peasant to a royal. But you should still watch the interview where it's explained because it's an emotional roller coaster. <laughs> So let's just casually move away from that train wake and just start with their actual debut. <laughs> July of 2012 was a pretty hot month, and it was about to get way hotter. Starting on July 9th, Yedong Entertainment began to release teasers and information about Sea Clown. The response to these drops were overall positive, and they were also getting quite a bit of support from people in the industry already. And less than a week later, on July 18th, Sea Clown would make their official debut with the mini-album Not Alone. A showcase was held on the very same day, and comedian Lee Hyo-jae emceed the event. The boys were able to showcase a positive face to the public and would continue to do so with guerrilla showcases in both Hangdae and Yongno? Jongno. Yes. The group would start participating in music shows the very next day with an M Countdown performance and just continue performing and performing and performing for the foreseeable future. But not forever. <laughs> so, what did Not Alone have to offer? It was a five-track extended play produced by both Shinsodong Tiger and Rado, a duo that garnered much attention as they're known for their mega-hits. Think of A-Pink's No 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 and Beast's Fiction. According to the lead clown Rome, the title refers to the fact that the group is, quote, not alone. A lot of people are watching us, and it means that we want to be loved by more people in the future, unquote. The title track, Solo, is a catchy song featuring a pounding backbeat and the impressive vocals of the members. It's about the members realizing that they are now solo after breaking up with their significant other. At times, it seems like they are in denial about it, going back and forth between sounding sad, and then relieved that they are no longer together. The music video fits the tone quite well. It features the members in some kind of facility wearing jumpsuits and then cuts to them dancing sharply in various outfits. That being said, I had to make sure I wasn't looking at a fan edit because every once in a while there's a transition from the actual video to a still image of a member before returning to the action. 
However, these transitions do serve as somewhat of an introduction to the member who is singing or rapping, so they serve their purpose. The album had four other tracks, a synth-heavy intro called I'm Not Alone, a slower pop-rock ballad for the song In the Car, a bouncy pop track in Destiny, and an instrumental for Solo. The public's overall reaction to the EP was positive. Yedong Entertainment said in a press release, quote, The song is showing unusual reactions in various music charts, media, and search word rankings, even within a day of its release and before music show appearances begin. On Spotify, the song ranks third, Apple Music, it ranks fourth, and on YouTube, it has just under 3 million views, showing its popularity with fans. Along with music show performances, the group was packed to the brim with schedules such as movie premieres, a mini-fan meeting, and pitching at a baseball game. The group continued to gain recognition whether it was due to old videos coming to the surface or due to the number of attendants they were pulling for events. For example, on August 4th, the group held their first official fan meeting and brought in fans, both local and foreign, to an outdoor setting. It was incredibly hot out, so many people were impressed by the fans' loyalty. On September 24th, the boys were cast on MTV's Diary series, which, side note, there were some other groups participating during this time, including Vix and B2B. Through this, the members showed their lives and allowed them to interact on camera in a more casual way. Once November came around, news of a comeback started to brew. Then images from the group's music video shoot started to circulate, since model Lee Da-hee and actor Kwon Young-sung were present on set. And soon after, Young Hyun-hyung of Beast was revealed to have participated in the makings of one of the songs off the new album, creating even more hype. And Rado, the group's co-producer on the last album produced this upcoming album entirely this time around. And official teasers started to drop on the 9th of November, and once it got closer to the album's release date, individual teasers of the members themselves started to be distributed. And then finally, on November 15, 2012, the group's sophomore album, or for everybody who's not American, their second album, Young Love was released to the public. The seven-track mini-album sought to differentiate C-Clan from the plethora of other groups around that time, and they also wanted to show a more mature side of themselves compared to their debut release. The first song and title track is Far Away Young Love, which is a medium-tempo R&B song with an emotional melody line. Can you tell that was a quote? The music video heavily features Kang Jun, to which he stated, It was my first time acting, so it was very awkward and didn't work out as well as I thought. <laughs> At least he's honest. The dramatic music video follows Kang Jun as he pines for his friend's girlfriend and third wheels with the couple. The couple tries to set him up with a different girl, and that's something he doesn't appreciate. And then the story continues with Kang Jun finding out that his friend is a cheater and debates about telling the girlfriend. And she eventually finds out herself, and the two of them seem to be over. So soon after, the couple get back together, breaking Kang Jun's heart even further. Looking back at it, this music video was actually released with English subtitles from the published date, which was not a common thing back then, and so many international fans were really happy about it, and you can still see the comments from this time lingering around of people just really appreciating the English subtitles. 
Multiple versions of the video were released, a standard music video with a story and dancing scenes, a dramatic version that focused strongly on the story, a performance version that was focused on the choreo, and an acoustic version with Rome playing the electric guitar and Ray playing piano. Six other songs were present on the album, ranging from a slow pop song in Goodnight, an R&B track with Cold, which featured EXID's Hani doing some narration, an acoustic version of Young Love Far Away, and the final three tracks were instrumentals of the songs. On the same day of Young Love's release, the group started their promotions by having a stage on M Countdown. By November 16th, articles started to be released stating that the group had broken the quote-unquote second album jinx because the album and the song ranked fairly high on the charts, and number two on both Bugs and Sorry Pada. The group knew how intense the competition in the industry was that year, so they were especially happy about their mini-album ranking so high. This song is their most popular track by far across Spotify, YouTube, and Apple Music, and on Spotify, it's the only one to have broken 1 million streams. I think it's at 1.6 million right now. So, very popular. December 1st would have the group holding another fan meeting. It brought in native fans, Australian, Thai, and Japanese people. This is only the beginning of the influx of love from foreign fans, so keep that in mind. They only had so many albums available, and they actually ended up running out of them very quickly. Following this event, the boys were going to have multiple fan signs in different parts of the country. Those fan meetings would be their last big events of the year, though they would stay active on social media. The end of 2012 came quietly, but the group would continue promotions into the new year. January came and went with the members continuing Young Love Far Away promotions and having cute interactions with their label mates. However, all good things must come to an end, and a successful promotional period was finished on January 20th, 2013. In February, lots of things were happening for the members individually. Ray and Maru graduated from high school and middle school respectively. Then, both Kangjun and Rome had personal schedules. Kangjun took part in Label Mei Ali's newly released single, and Rome was featured in solo artist Kim Hedi's comeback track as the male protagonist. March was a fairly quiet month with the only schedule being a photo shoot for a jewelry brand, but things picked back up in April with Yedong announcing a collaboration between Ali and Sea Clown, which would be released on the second of the month. The track, How It Was Back Then, run by Yong Junhyong, was described by Yedong Entertainment as being, quote, a lovely song with a comfortable and bright melody resembling spring, reminiscent of the love of youthful days. Overall, it did very well, ranking at the top of Bugs, Melon, and Soribada. It was the perfect precursor to the group's upcoming comeback that had constantly been mentioned in press releases about the collab. However, this would be a much more storied promotion than they might have imagined. Soon after, new teaser images started to be released. The photos showed two distinct styles, one being the group looking sharp in suits, and the other set being of them with tussled hair and wet clothes. The day after, news about their rocky production period started appearing in articles, like a fire was set and a car accident had set the promotion schedule back slightly. Thankfully, nobody was injured, so all was well. But a lot of things started to happen in quick succession. On the 12th of April, the group announced their comeback on Music Bank, causing their name to shoot up at the top of real-time search results. And then on the 15th, a music video teaser was dropped. 
and speculations about who the lead actress might be started to swirl around with many thinking it might be Girls' Day member Hieri. And then Hieri was confirmed through a leaked photo the very next day. But this actually created some criticism for the group. Because around the same time, news of Hieri dating HOT's Tony An had came out and it was thought that the group was using this leak and a controversy to boost the group through noise marketing and an official had to clear the air saying that this was not their intention. But people be talking. That's how the internet works. (laughs) And then on April 18th, 2013, Sea Clown released their third EP, Shaking Heart. Rado was again the producer of the full album, and on the very same day, the group started music show promotions. During this promotional period, they again sought to differentiate themselves from other groups through both their music and clothing. Fedoras were utilized in both the styling and the choreography of this title track. Good times. <laughs> yeah. The five-track mini-album definitely made a splash, however, it would soon be soured by company politics. Shaking Heart has a strong guitar instrumental and synthetic beats in the background. Another point to note is that Roman TK participated in the writing of the chorus and rap lyrics for this release. Shaking Heart's music video shows the boys dancing in a dark room with flashing lights. There are multiple cuts of them in different rooms and settings. Girls Day Heri is shown in a wedding dress on a romantic-looking swing, crying. Everyone is super moody, and Ray specifically is having hallucinations of Hedy. <laughs> a lyric of note is, Only one thing left to do, row like kings, lay low like clowns, which of course calls back to their group greeting. In a Sports Chosen article, the group stated, quote, The song gives a similar feeling to the music of Jackie's, Click B, and Tesaja, who led the idol's heyday in the 1990s. The group also talked about their goals. Quote, their dream is to be the first idol group to enter the billboard. Wonder Girls already did that. I don't know who was talking to them. Anyway, and have a world tour. The members said, we still have a lot to show you. Rome and TK know how to write lyrics and make beats. Maru, Shiwu, and Rome also make choreography. Ray is good at composing. Unquote. Multi-talented group. We love it. Anyway, four other tracks were on the album. Hell Yeah, Intro, which was Bold and Funky, a dynamic dance track in Go Away, their collaboration with Allie from a few months before, and So Pretty, which was a sweet jazzy serenade to fans. On April 19th, a Korea Herald article stated, quote, The strength of the idol group C-Clown is scary. On the afternoon of April 19th on Bugs Music and Sodaba, C-Clown was ranked 6th with the new song I Am Shaking. Overall, this was a strong release for C-Clown, and this is shown as being the second most listened to song on Spotify and Apple Music, and having over 3 million views on YouTube. The group would then embark on their music show circuit among other smaller schedules sprinkled here and there, as well as other fun events like Meeting Jay Park. However, the last leg of this comeback was also the beginning of the end for the group. In order to explain that, we have to take a slight detour. Before the detour truly begins, we want to put a little warning about death by suicide for the next section, so please look in our description, find the timestamp that is written there that you can skip to if this is something that you can't handle right now. That's okay. We pause, wait for people to skip, and then let's continue. On June 4th, Yedang chairman and founder Byundo Sop 
was found dead in his office. The company released a statement saying that he died from overworking. However, the police disagreed considering how he was found and they presumed that he had taken his own life. Because of these conflicting reports, a debate broke out about what the actual cause of death was and later Yedang corrected their statement to match with the police's after a thorough investigation. And this might seem a bit crass, but with an event such as this, finances are always discussed. Stock prices for Yedang dropped drastically. And this eventually caused the company to be delisted from Colstack? K-O-S-D-A-Q, which is the Korean stock exchange, and this obviously caused problems with investors, which then led to problems for C-Clown and all of the other groups and their the company. And basically, long story short, there was a lot of corruption happening in high places and the chairman was embezzling large amounts of money and that was starting to catch up to him. And the CEO of Yadang was also part of this very shady business and would later be arrested. Meaning that there was no leader at the company until an interim director was appointed by the courts. If you want a more comprehensive timeline of these events, please refer to the C-Cloud master list. You will have to do some scrolling, but it is very detailed. The group did not seem to have been immediately affected by this turn of events, as they went to a music show the next day. A few days later, on June 8th, they had a music core performance where the members and those associated with Yedong wore black ribbons on their clothing in memory of the late chairman. C-Clown also released a video talking about the chairman, giving their thanks and condolences to him. The group had their final Shaking Hearts stage on June 13th and was fairly quiet following its conclusion. They did appear at a few events, upload a video for their one-year anniversary, and had a fan meeting, but for the most part, the schedules in Korea were few and far between. However, outside of Korea, they were busy. On August 10th, the boys left to participate in a large-scale K-pop festival in Japan, Heifest Summer, exclamation mark, 2013 in Yokohama. An Asia Economy article quoted a Yedong representative saying, quote, Heard from a famous record label in Japan that C-Clan's popularity is steadily increasing, unquote. This proved to be true as their performance was sold out. This was considered a green light to industry experts for C-Clown to move forward in Japan. But they never would. <laughs> Just don't want to get anyone's hopes up, if you didn't know that already. Following this, the group had a smattering of schedules, but nothing too important. November came and went with the group who would occasionally post things on social media. At the end of the month, articles were written up on the 500th day anniversary event that the boys had with fans. December arrived and Yedong released a statement saying that both Ali and C-Clown were preparing for February 2014 comebacks. The end of the year came quietly and the group was allowed to go home for vacation in early January of 2014. On the 6th of January, a pre-release track entitled Tell Me was dropped. An Asia Economy article stated, quote, The new song is an R&B-style electronic dance number. The trendy synth that is played repeatedly stands out, and the melodic guitar line stands out as well. Yedong Entertainment said, We are presenting Tell Me to show a different genre from the existing music style that C-Clown has shown so far. It's a song about the boys wanting their significant other to be straight with them. Do they really love them? Why did they even accept their confession if they were going to be so aloof? 
As far as streaming and YouTube, this song is not as well loved as the others, falling in the bottom 10 of the most popular songs on both Spotify and Apple Music. It did not have a music video, but C-Clown's topic channel audio is at around 10,000 views. The day after this release, a group of fans went to Yedang's building and put up signs and posters calling for more C-Clown content. At this point, the group had been on a hiatus for the past half year and the fans were getting antsy. The company said they were thankful for the support and a comeback was on its way. January overall had a handful of schedules and a lot of personal things happening to the members, such as tests and certain members participating in ISAC. On January 16th, articles flooded out talking about how the first ever Rwandan K-pop fan club was made for C-Clown. A Korea Herald article stated, Yedang Entertainment recruited a message event to support C-Clown's comeback through their official SNS. The countries of the fans who participated in the event were diverse. Saudi Arabia, Libya, Ukraine, Georgia, and so many more. C-Clown fans were waiting for their new comeback. Soon after, in an article by MBN Star, the members talked about their hardships of the last year and their desire to make 2014 their year. C-Clown said, There may be fans who have left, but we want to increase the number of fans through hard work and we want to get along well with fans who have protected us. By the time February came around, articles and news about their upcoming comeback were in full force. Interviews with the members, teasers, and photo pictorials were released over the course of the first third of the month. There was a lot of strong language used in the press materials. The group knew the difficulties of coming back after a long hiatus, and they hoped that their new concept would stand out from their past work. On February 9th, 2014, their single Justice was released, and all the talk of their new direction proved to be true. The song, written by Shin Sadong Tiger, is a hard-hitting track with repetitive lyrics and an upbeat background instrumental. The Busan Daily Report stated, The new song has two meanings, to judge the perpetrators in the name of justice for school violence and to protect the woman they love. The official C-Clown YouTube channel has a teaser for the music video. There's no official full MV on there. In fact, the only full music video we could find was a fan re-upload with lyrics on the top and bottom. This video seems very reminiscent of BTS or BAP, especially very early BTS. The styling with lots of spiky hair and oversized athletic wear and the settings like a warehouse and locker room, as well as some other sets with thrones, fire, and harsh lighting are all that kind of wannabe hip-hop vibe that didn't really mesh well with C-Clown's previous works, which was purposeful. And JR was able to find a live performance, but it's actually pretty funny because their backup dancers Naruto run at one point. So <laughs> you need to watch that. <laughs> That's great. Love that for them. This promotion came with something of a social justice event as well. As mentioned earlier, some of the lyrics did involve school violence. And the phone number stated at the beginning of the song could be called and students would be able to state their grievances with school violence. Overall, this was a very positive aspect of the comeback. The clowns continued to have music show performances and interviews. In many of these interviews, they talked about how difficult it was to come back after such a long break and that they were slightly concerned about their concept change. As far as how this song stacks up, it falls somewhere in the middle ground. 
It's the third most listened to song on Spotify, the sixth on Apple Music, and the re-uploads of the music video sit at around 300,000 views. On May 2nd, it was announced that their concert in Japan, set for the 21st, sold out. Also within these reports were mentions of China and South America tours, which also did not happen. Then, an introductory video of the group's online reality show, CTC, or Crown the Clown, was released on May 10th. In this particular video, the members speak almost entirely in English, while Rome, who fans would later find out was the writer, director, and editor of the series, adds overlays and funny images along with English subtitles. At the end of the video, a few snippets from the next installment plays to get people excited. This show would be a mainstay of C-Clown for the rest of their career. The views on these videos are actually pretty great. They're in the hundreds of thousands, and we feel like this makes a lot of sense as they had so many overseas fans. They feel a lot like crack videos that fans themselves make, but they flip the script as it's made by the group themselves for fans. Hmm. June was a very busy month as the group went to Japan for their big sold-out concert. It brought really good results and was thought to be a launching point for them into other Asian countries. They also participated in Dream Concert 2014, which also happened to be the show's 20th anniversary. On the 26th, Maru uploaded a post that signaled their upcoming comeback, hyping fans up for full release as the past two had been singles. July 2nd signaled the wind-up for their next comeback, as a teaser was released featuring a shot of Rome's abs, which is how all great promotions begin. Soon after, on July 6th, a teaser edited by Rome gained recognition by the public and also the industry. Yedong's CEO said, quote, This video was planned and produced by C-Clown's leader, Rome himself, and was made despite his busy schedule. Scout offers came in. Unquote. This was obviously a big deal, seen as his skills were gaining recognition from big players in the game. It's not weird seeing where he ended up. Mm-hmm. But that's for later. <laughs> On July 8th, C-Clown's fourth and final release, Let's Love, the mini-album, was dropped. Cesar and Louis and Andreas Uberg, Swedish songmakers who have worked with Hjorin and SNSD and many, many others, participated in the song making while Shinsodong Tiger did the arrangement. The title track, Let's Love, features an intense instrumental and a high spirited tempo. The music video shows the boys in various settings doing the choreography, while also cutting to a skate park where they stand acting cool with women fitting around. You know, just some extra women. <laughs> women everywhere. <laughs> the main thing that can be said about this release is that it feels kind of generic compared to their previous works and therefore less impactful. The song is about a man that is willing to buy everything and do anything for a significant other as long as she spends time with him. Not very innovative. Mm -hmm. The rest of the tracks go through some different genres. There's a bouncy pop track and babyface, a multi-genre song with yeah, a sweet fan song with some spoken narration to their fan club in To Crown, and an upbeat synth song in My Lady. The final four songs of the album are remixes of previous releases, Tell Me, Go Away, Destiny, and In the Car. So, how did this final album do? The release got over 50,000 pre-release orders from overseas fans, while in Korea they didn't even break 5,000, again showing the disparity between fan bases. In general, this is one of their more middle-performing songs, coming in at number 3 on Spotify and number 4 on Apple Music. 
In line with a lot of their other work, it hit 3 million views on YouTube. During this time, the members had an interview with Ten Asia Hangyong, where they talked about how they changed their concept in order to be more appealing to a teenage demographic. Foreign fans influenced the decision to stay with this new concept, even though C-Clown acknowledged that many preferred their old sound. Ultimately, it was not up to them, though, and they hoped to have units that explored different genres in the future. They continued to garner support from overseas, with fans from Peru, Brazil, and Costa Rica wanting them to come tour their countries. However, this isn't enough for a K-pop group. An article released by MBN Star talks about how even though they had that overseas popularity, they needed to see results at home. But would that happen? That is the question of the day. Well, not really the day, of the time. Boy, do we get the answer during this episode. On September 28th, the second season of Crown the Clown was released. This season was an obvious upgrade in quality with sharper editing, he finally named his background songs, and there were more member antics. Unfortunately, though, there were few other schedules during this time. On December 20th, 2014, the final episode of Crown the Clown was released, which featured the members attempting to play Chubby Bunny. To close up the year, C-Clown had their final schedule where they participated in the SBS Awards Festival. Overall, 2014 was an interesting year for C-Clown. They tried a lot of new things, and going into 2015, they were waiting to see if any of those changes made a difference. For the better. Nothing really happened at the beginning of the year, until January 10th when Rome released another Crown the Clown episode. This one is unlike the others in that it was a montage of C-Clown from 2014. The clips are extra footage from past episodes put together with fun transitions and nice piano music. It is quite sad looking back on it now because there would be little activity going forward. It ends with a thank you to fans followed by footage of all six of them together. Looking at the comments, it's obvious that many fans would return to this video as a source of comfort following distressing news that would come months later. The first news of the group doing something in the new year came on January 26th, 2015, when they participated in the Japan-Korea Friendship event, celebrating the 50th anniversary of their diplomatic relationship. Then, on February 9th, the news of Kang Jun and Tiny G Stohi making a cameo appearance in the K-drama Hoo's Love was announced. The two appear as a high school couple with Satori from Jolado. There is clips linked in the doc, go look at them, very cute. Soon after, on February 12th, Rome is announced to participate in Amber's newest single, Shake That Brass. And following this, not a lot more would happen until April. And from there on, it starts to go downhill. Because on April 20th, Rome put out a rather concerning tweet stating, quote, I apologize to the fans. I really do. But I tried. I really did. It's just too hard now. Don't worry, y'all. End quote. And to further add to the already brewing concern, he changed his handle both on Twitter and Instagram from at Rome underscore C Clown to his English name Christian Yu. But for now, we will still be calling him Rome. Besides Ray participating in a music video about potatoes, everything again went quiet. Then Rome took to social media again to vaguely talk about their situation. Here we will just do a summary, but if you want to read the whole thing, it is in the C-Clown master list that 
as we have mentioned, will be linked in the description. On August 13th, Rome posted to Instagram saying that he knows a lot of fans were concerned about C-Clown and their lack of schedule slash content, but he was unable to talk about what was going on. He apologizes to the fans and said that if it was up to him, he would be a lot more open, but he didn't want to create problems for himself or the members, and finishes it off by saying thank you to fans for their support. Nothing else happened until October 4th, 2015, when Yedang officially announced the disbandment of C-Clown after three years of promotions. They released a statement saying that the contracts are still being discussed, and if the members wanted to, they would cancel them. I literally just found an article yesterday, and in it, Rome said that that was a lie. They held him to the contract for a while, and it was difficult to get out. So, there you go. Should we be surprised that they didn't keep to their word? No. <laughs> no, it's a company. I know, it's a, it's a K-pop company, goodness gracious. A very telling interview with Osin came out on the 5th. The representative from Yedang made a whole lot of remarks, and they essentially said... The group is still on good terms and that this decision came after lengthy discussions and that even though they had a good response from overseas, no tangible things came out of it and therefore there was little reason to continue as C-Clown. Obviously, as soon as this was announced, there was an outcry from fans who were disappointed. As one article put it, this was mainly from overseas fans, not domestic ones. The end of the year came and went, and the members would start to move on. Usually we would go on to talk about what the members are doing now, but first we want to share something from an article released in 2021. We'll be paraphrasing it, but Rome, or Ian as he is called now, said that the group was essentially under a slave contract and that it took a toll on him and the members to go through those final moments in the company. We strongly recommend reading the entire quote, as well as the article we took from it, as we hope that this gives insight that will help people to gain understanding not only to do with C-Clown's career, but also with other groups who have to go through very similar things with these types of contracts. So, what did the members do following C-Clown's disbandment? So, let's start off with Rome, whose many names we have mentioned quite a lot during this episode, actually. Rome started going by his first name, Christian Yu, before the group even officially split up. He then dove headfirst into a venture of his own called DPR Visuals, where he would do creative directing for artists. Might not be a big shocker with all the things you have mentioned him doing before. <laughs> he has worked with SM, YG, and many others to create some visually stunning works, and he is considered the founder, director, and chief editor of DPR. And DPR itself is worthy of its own episode because it is strange and interesting, and we will keep it at that. There is obviously so much more information on what Rome has since worked on, but in 2020 he started to dip his toes back into the music side of the industry by releasing his debut track called So Beautiful. And he has since then continued to release music. Most recently, he released his studio album entitled Mito, which stands for Moon Swings Into Order, which is the follow-up to Moon Swings In This Order. It's good soup, good album. Anyway, next up is Siwoo, who now goes by the name Wo Soyeon and works primarily as an actor. 
Since the name he's chosen is fairly common, it was kind of difficult to find out things about him that was not from his own social media accounts. His Instagram posts are mostly about the projects he's working on, whether that is online production or a photoshoot that he was in. On January 24th, 2021, he joined YouTube under the name Oyonhi Bomoro, and he is still uploading on there actively. According to his most recent Instagram post, he was in a new web drama called While You Were Sleeping. Following the group's disbandment, Kang Jun attempted multiple endeavors before going on to work in digital design. From 2019 on, a majority of his uploads on Instagram are CGI shorts that he made. His bio says Egg in Production, which we could not find anything on them specifically, but we assume it's a production company. His Instagram also shows small glimpses into his personal life with pictures of his dog Bubble and many pictures of him playing golf. As we have mentioned multiple times already, Ray was interested in music production and writing, so it's no surprise that he went in that direction after disbandment. He started going by his real name again, Kim Hyun Il, although around 2016 he started being credited simply as Il, or maybe I-L, I'm not quite sure how he would want that pronounced. <laughs> He has participated in many albums from various artists, including EXID, FT Island, Pentagon, and B2B. If you want a comprehensive list of the albums and songs he's worked on, we have that. Check out the master list. Link in description. Overall, Ray just seems to be a really sweet guy. He's constantly posting pictures of himself with friends and Sea Clown members, and he's always attending people's concerts to support them, as well as posting pictures of his cute dog. In October of 2017, TK participated in The Unit, a show about rebooting idols. Under his real name, Lee Min Woo, he showed up in the third episode. His stint on the show in total was only about two minutes long. The judges thought he was too flippant about his audition, with Rain going as far as to call him insincere. That being said, he did not pass. This could have easily been evil editing, as the segment was very obviously edited down. Unlike the other members that use their social media accounts to keep fans updated with their lives, TK mainly just posts selfies. That being said, in late May of 2022, he posted a picture of himself in a military uniform for the first time, indicating that he has enlisted in the army. We hope he has a safe service and comes out healthy. And finally, let's discuss the youngest member and the only other one besides Rome to continue as an artist. Maru graduated high school about five months after disbandment, meaning he was still at a prime age to debut. He would go on to debut in three other groups following Sea Clown. The first was Trey, which was a duo-turned-trio at Yedong that disbanded. Then, JTN Marcus was formed at MLD Entertainment, and it's still going strong. Finally, his most recent debut was with Tan in March of 2022. Of all the members to continue being an idol in a similar capacity to C-Clown, it makes sense that Maru, who was the youngest member at the time, would be the one to do so. We hope his days of debuting are over and that he will only walk on flower paths from now on. On July 10th, 2020, all the members posted a group picture for their 8th anniversary. And if you look through any of the members' Instagrams, you'll see that they all like each other's posts to this day. While JR's writing this at the end of July 2022, the group has just had its 10th anniversary, and while none of the members posted about it, it is likely that something happened, even though it was not public. 
SeatClown still has multiple fan pages that actively post about the members and their current endeavors. Many of them have stated that SeatClown continues to hold an important place in their heart, 10 years after their debut and 7 years after their disbandment. One thing is certain, this was not something the members wanted, but rather was facilitated by their company. We are hoping for the day that the group comes together again and greets fans as C-Clown, the crown clowns of K-pop. In the role of JR to finish up our clown concept, we wanted to say thank you for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, then please make sure to rate, subscribe, follow, and tell your friends about us. If you want to interact with us clowns or just see more of our content, then you can follow us on Twitter at K-pop Sundays, no dashes, just all one word or on our other social media platforms, which will be in the description. Also, don't forget that our next episode comes out on September 4th, 2022. Thanks everyone. Annyeong. Bye. Bye.